Hi, everyone, and welcome to another mini. My name is Stephanie, and this is my co-host, Sandy. Hey, everyone. So today I will be talking about something so crazy that I can't even believe we're discussing it. In May of this year, I read a headline that sounded like something straight out of the 19th century. It read something like this. New law makes inmates choose between electric chair or firing squad. I literally can't even read that without laughing because it's just so crazy. Yeah. And Steph sent it to me too. You sent me the article (laughs) and I was like, wait, is this happening now or (laughs) is this from before? So yes, a firing squad. The bill was signed by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster and permits the state to kill death row inmates using a firing squad making South Carolina one of four states, along with Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Utah, where this practice is lawful. Previously, South Carolina law provided that all death row inmates would be executed by lethal injection unless they chose to be killed by an electric chair instead. This new law makes electrocution the default punishment while allowing inmates to choose between being killed by lethal injection or firing squad. And the problem is that they can only choose the lethal injection if it's available at the time of election. This, of course, is a direct response to the problem that the minority of states that still execute people are facing, which is the increasing unavailability of the drugs used in lethal injections, which Mm -hmm. you talked about when you did your death penalty um, episode. Mm -hmm. Though execution protocols can vary from state to state, lethal injections are typically performed using a three-drug combination, an anesthetic to knock the person out and dull their pain, a paralytic, and then a toxic drug that stops their heart. And many pharmaceutical companies that make anesthetic drugs have started refusing to sell their products for the use in executions. Others located in Europe are now subject to a European Union export ban that aims at targeting a drug that was commonly used in executions. So this is like an all-out, like, (laughs) fight to stop death penalties from happening Mm -hmm. using lethal injection. Yeah. Which I guess... Like, it's noble because in 2021, lethal injection is what most people use. And so if you can't do lethal injection, then you have to stop Mm -hmm. death penalties. And a lot of places did a moratorium. Moratorium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the the result is that death penalty states have struggled to obtain reliable execution drugs. Some states began using unsuitable or poor quality drugs, which led to high profile cases, including one in which a man died in a prolonged state of visible agony, which I think you also talked about Mm -hmm. in your episode. Mm -hmm. The state's new law is in an attempt to break this impasse and allow people to be killed by the state, despite the inability to obtain new lethal injection drugs. Though three other states permit firing squads, only Utah has executed anyone using this method in recent decades. And the firing squad hasn't been used to execute anyone since 2010, which is still like, what the fuck? 2010 was 11 years ago. Yeah, But he like really wanted it, right? It, that wasn't like his only option. Like he, they hadn't been doing that for a while. I, I vaguely remember the story, but he like asked for it. So we just looked it up real quick. Ronnie Gardner was the man who had requested death by firing squad in Utah in 2010. Um, And the reason for that was because of his Mormon faith. Which makes sense because when I was telling Sandy about this earlier today before we started recording, I was like, yeah, the last person to be executed by firing squad was in 2010 in Utah, no less. Which like Utah, you think of Mormons. Mm -hmm. Now it makes perfect sense because Mm -hmm. Sandy will kind of go into like what specific like why but 
Yeah, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints released a statement clarifying its position on the issue of blood atonement of individuals. So, I mean... For it's like most, a religious reasons. Yeah, it's definitely for religious reasons. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Mormon faith, so don't be mad at me if I say something wrong. But from what I remember being told by a friend that was Mormon is that they don't believe in like... Death. Uh, no, they don't believe in like um, like drugs mm. or like... like like um medication things like that mm-hmm. or i don't know if it's like certain sectors mm-hmm. of it that are like that but um i believe there is issues with like medical issues um when a, a child has a medical issue and they might die there's been instances where the community refused yeah. any medical treatment because they didn't want like anything um to mess with the purity of the blood mm-hmm. and something like that. And it might not just be Mormons. It might be other religions mm-hmm. as well, but I know that was an issue. So it sounds like in this case specifically, he did not want any drugs into his system because of his faith. So he chose death by firing squad instead. Crazy. And unfortunately, the shortage of execution drugs does not appear to be going anywhere, so other death penalty states could easily follow in South Carolina's lead, especially if the state's new law is upheld by the courts. In fact, even though the new law is already being challenged in court, proponents of the death penalty have good reason to be optimistic that South Carolina's law will be upheld. And that is because the Supreme Court has paved the way for states to experiment with unusual and potentially cruel methods of execution. The Supreme Court had briefly abolished the death penalty in 1972, but only four years later, in Gregg v. Georgia, the court allowed death sentences to resume, but only if the states had very specific procedural safeguards to help ensure that only people whom the justice system considered the worst criminals were executed. In practice, courts applying this framework are still more likely to sentence black defendants and people who cannot afford good legal counsel to die. Mm-hmm. You will not see a rich person on death row. That's your girl. And while the death penalty still enjoys majority support in the United States, public support for it is now at its lowest point since the early 1970s. More than half of all states either ban the death penalty or have a moratorium in place suspending executions. Earlier this year, Virginia became the first southern state to ban the death penalty, a significant landmark because Virginia used to execute more people than any state other than Texas. So that's huge that they've just banned the death penalty altogether. Yeah, especially for Virginia. Yeah. I would have expected that. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, Many death penalty states have enacted laws providing more resources to capital defense lawyers in the last four decades, and several nonprofits have formed to help ensure that capital defendants receive an adequate defense. As Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg said in 2001, people who are well represented at trial do not get the death penalty. So states like South Carolina, which are so eager to perform executions, are willing to use antiquated practices like the electric chair or a firing squad are clearly in the minority. That being said, it remains to be seen whether this trend will continue due to a Supreme Court that is more supportive of the death penalty than any court in the modern age. So our Supreme Court right now Well, because we lost RBG. Until the mid-2010s, it seemed possible that the death penalty itself would be declared unconstitutional. The Eighth Amendment forbids cruel and unusual punishments, and until very recently, the Supreme Court believed that this amendment must draw its meaning from the evolving standards of decency that mark the progress of a maturing society. So as the punishment grew more and more unusual, it became more constitutional suspect, and as the death penalty faded away in most of the country, 
there was a strong legal argument that all death sentences were unconstitutional. And while states were struggling to find execution drugs in the early 2010s, capital defense lawyers launched a promising attack on lethal injections. By the mid-2010s, there was a fair amount of evidence that at least some of the three drug combinations used in executions did not actually prevent people from experiencing pain while dying, especially those in states resorting to unreliable anesthetics because the companies that made the reliable painkillers refused to sell their drugs to executioners. And the question of whether at least some lethal injection protocols are unconstitutional, cruel, and unusual punishment reached the Supreme Court in Glossop v. Gross. The court ruled that because it had been settled that capital punishment was constitutional, it follows that there must be a constitutional means of carrying it out. Alito stated that if you begin with the assumption that there must be a death penalty, then an attack on the primary method states use to kill people becomes suspect. Alito laid blame for tortured inmates at the feet of pharmaceutical companies that refused to be complicit in executions. He stated that executions could be carried out painlessly and that the reason inmates were suffering was due to a guerrilla war against the death penalty, which consists of efforts to make it impossible for the states to obtain drugs that could be used to carry out capital punishment with little to no pain. Mm -hmm. In other words, if the death penalty opponents made it too difficult to execute people without causing them great pain, the states were to torture people to death. Uh, for anyone that's interested in learning more about the Glossop v. Gross case, um, we covered that in the Save Richard Glossop episode, um, and it goes into like his own case, but then he was involved in this case, and it went up to the Supreme Court, and it was a whole thing. So listen to that one if you are interested in this specifically. Mm-hmm. The court went even further in Bucklew v. Persyth in 2019, and while the case does not explicitly overrule the long line of cases holding that courts should look to evolving standards of decency when interpreting the Eighth Amendment, Justice Gorsuch's majority opinion does ignore that framework and substitutes it with a much narrower approach. While pre-Bucklew decisions asked if a particular punishment was unusual today, Gorsuch's asked whether it was unusual by the time of the founding. So this suggests that a wide array of relatively modern punishments, including lethal injection, electrocution, and firing squads, are now immune from constitutional challenge. In other words, states like South Carolina can be confident that the Supreme Court will bless their decision to revive methods of execution that have largely fallen out of favor with modern society. Just because at one point it was found constitutional? So before Bucklew... Mm -hmm. The way that they would go about deciding if something was constitutional or not was by looking back at the time of like the death penalties founding mm -hmm. and seeing, okay, was firing squad, for example, was that cruel and unusual punishment? Like had it fallen out of favor at that time? But because technically firing squad is a quote unquote modern Compared to, like I, I had told you earlier, what they're comparing this to is like the super old school methods of like the Middle Ages, punishment, Middle Ages, where um, you would quarter someone, where you would tie them brave, brave heart style, mm -hmm. and then you would like disembowel them. That's what that is what's considered cruel, cruel and, and unusual, unusual because it's fallen out of favor. But when you're looking at firing squad, firing squad is something that would like was happening in the like 19th century so mm -hmm. that's not technically barbaric old 
but it's still very much not something that's i would say something we would like to see no but because it was still around at that time we have to just it's it all comes down to this words it comes down to like his wording of it and how it can be interpreted and so because of that we're now in a place where firing squads will most likely not be considered cruel and unusual anymore yeah and 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 the supreme court will not rule against it Mm. likely in 2017 a death row inmate named thomas arthur brought a very unusual claim to the supreme court Arthur was scheduled to be executed by the state of Alabama, and Alabama planned to kill him using a three-drug protocol that included a notoriously unreliable anesthetic. He asked the court to allow him to be killed by firing squad instead because he thought such a death would be less painful than the fate Alabama had intended for him. Though the court rejected this request in Arthur v. Dunn, in which Justice Sotomayor dissented, she cited evidence suggesting that a competently performed shooting may cause nearly instant death, and that condemned prisoners like Arthur might find more dignity in an instantaneous death rather than prolonged torture on a medical gurney. Sotomayor also said that the process of using toxic drugs to kill people was used because it sanitized the process of executions without rendering them any less cruel. So basically, it just makes us feel better to do it by lethal injection because we're not watching someone suffer. And it's not as gruesome like looking gruesome as watching someone get shot it looks like but a peaceful sleep in, in fact she says oh. a lethal injection can appear like a sterile medical procedure where the person being executed seems to slip into a peaceful sleep but there's no denying what the state is doing when it orders a line of shooters to simultaneously fire bullets into a person's heart so it really is kind of like well this makes us the public feel better about it because it looks so peaceful when someone's going to die by pe- uh, by lethal injection mm-hmm. whereas we can't deny what's happening when someone's being fired bullets at yeah but for the actual prisoner and the person being executed it seems like if we're in a place where we can't obtain the drugs needed for a painless lethal injection mm-hmm. then unfortunately firing squad which would most likely be an instant kill might be preferred method for people who are having to make that decision, which is crazy that this is even where we're at in 2021. How most likely is this? And what are the chances and statistics that they don't not feel any pain, you know, or they don't die instantly or they bleed out a little bit through through the firing squad? Well, what, what she says is that if it's done competently, which I mean, I would assume that when putting the fire squad together you're going to get people who are sharpshooters like i can't imagine you're going to like just any old person i don't know because people that get the lethal injection you would think would be administered by doctors but they can't because of the oath that they have to take but at the Mm -hmm. same time the people that are administering those deaths are incompetent so i don't completely trust that people carrying out this firing squad will be the best of the best shooters chosen like I don't, I don't know. really know. And then on top of that, I mean, we covered this in the death penalty episode that we did that even with the firing squad, they have one person who doesn't have a bullet or has a blank bullet yeah. so that you don't know if you were actually the one to yeah. be the one who killed him. And like that just raises so many other concerns. Like if we're at this point, then there's bigger issues at hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
So if we were to accept Alito's view that there must be a death penalty in this country and appears and it appears likely that a 6-3 Republican Supreme Court will accept this viewpoint for the foreseeable future, there may be plausible reasons to prefer South Carolina's firing squad to lethal injections, which again, I mean, it, it's kind of like <laughs> we're up against a wall, mm-hmm. right? Because it's either you take the risk of doing lethal injection with a drug that won't work and that will cause you to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go with the firing squad, which may or may not be competent and, you know, may or may not be instant. I mean, mm-hmm. there really doesn't seem to be a good way to go. I would just say, like, probably for me personally, I don't know. This was not where I thought this story was going when I was reading it. <laughs> I just thought, like, this is so crazy. This is so barbaric. But it just seems like if this is where we where we are and we aren't able to obtain the drugs that we need, your two options are awful. Yeah. But I don't know that I would want to sit there and suffer as, like, these drugs are making their way through my body. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm laying there for nine, ten minutes, like, just suffering mm-hmm. when there's an option that may be instantaneous. It, like, it's just crazy. It's crazy that this is even what we're having to think about. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the fact that we have to debate between these <laughs> options, yeah. it feels like we should just go with the third option of maybe we shouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. As of May 20th of this year, two death row inmates in South Carolina who have been required to choose between a yet-to-be-formed firing squad and a 109-year-old electric chair mm-hmm. have instead decided to sue. They claim the state's recently signed legislation is unconstitutional because lethal injection was the main method of execution when they were sentenced. Mm -hmm. Democratic State Representative Justin Bramberg is fighting against the new law, stating we're going to force people to get electrocuted and give them the choice of getting shot instead when that wasn't even the law when they were convicted of their crime. That makes sense. So there you have it. Firing squads could be making a comeback in the 21st century. And are you even surprised? No, no, like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's crazy because we really don't know what the future of lethal injections is going to be if pharmaceutical companies are like refusing to sell to executioners. I Mm -hmm. get that. And I get that that's like a noble fight to want to take on because it's like, well, I don't want my drugs being used to kill people. But then we're also in a place where until death penalties, the death penalty is unconstitutional these inmates are now having to suffer the consequence of pharmaceutical companies not wanting to sell their drugs to executioners and are being forced to decide because South Carolina just can't wait to kill people. They're having to to decide whether dying by electrocution yeah. or dying by a firing squad. And I mean, that, I this get should it. Be a sign. This should be a sign for them. For them no. to have to fight this hard to kill people, that should be their sign. Well, that's why so many states decided to just put a moratorium on on executions, right? Mm-hmm. They're just so ready to start killing that they figured, well, the chances that this gets overruled or that this, you know, doesn't stand seem to be pretty slim based on who is on the Supreme Court mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And based on that previous ruling of Bucklew v. Persyth because, and again, it's crazy that it all comes down to wording, but the wording used in that makes it so that something that we think is so crazy, like the firing squad, Mm -hmm. can technically 
like be eligible based on the wording that they use. So this is just where we are. Firing squads are a thing. Mm -hmm. And we're now having to put people in a place to choose between that or an electric chair. Which is scary. Which is so scary. I don't know who would want to volunteer or the electric chair over firing squad. Yeah. It's scary because Oklahoma is currently on a moratorium and that's where we have Julius Jones and we have Richard Glossop and Mm -hmm. we have two people in one state at the same time who we believe is innocent Mm -hmm. and who is fighting for their innocence. And if they go ahead, if this passes in South Carolina, I don't, I will not be. Well, it's passed, but it's being challenged. It's already passed and Mm -hmm. it's signed and it's a thing. And like I said, these two people are now being asked to decide. Mm Mm-hmm. But it is being challenged. But the what they're saying is the challenge will very likely go unchallenged, basically. Yeah. It, it They'll allow it to continue. Be allowed. And so the fear is that, like you're thinking, if this is to be a thing in South Carolina, the other states with death penalty we'll who are suit. as eager will, will follow suit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that puts so many other people at risk of having to decide on, on how they'd like to be killed. Mm-hmm. And it's even scarier for people who are on death row who are fighting for their innocence Mm -hmm. because right now they've had the chance to fight for their innocence because of the moratorium. But if this passes or if this continues and other states follow suit, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, their time is limited. Yeah. Glossop was almost executed like three different times. Yeah. And if this passes, I mean, this if Oklahoma's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. They're not getting challenged for that. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and do it because Oklahoma absolutely would do something like that. That That's it. That's it for them. Mm-hmm. It's also crazy that you have people like Thomas Arthur who requested the firing squad at mm-hmm. a time and was denied that. And mm-hmm. now we're at a point where it's like, well, we're forcing want people it or not, it. You're, this is your option. You know, when it's, it's only when it's like convenient right. that you're giving them this option or or taking it away from them like there's no consistency no. at all but you're right it's whatever's more convenient because at that time we weren't trying to push for stuff like that it was and because at that time unusual. i'm sure everyone thought no this is crazy the yeah. firing squad is barbaric we're a modern society we shouldn't be killing people by fire squad even if they're requesting it mm-hmm. and now it's like well, it's actually not that barbaric and it's not that old and it's, you know, something that was used in modern times. So it's okay to use it. Mm -hmm. And people who don't want to die that way are not having to make that choice. Mm -hmm. It's all crazy. So I guess we'll keep an eye on this and see where, you know, kind of where it goes. And, you know, the hope is that it doesn't make way for other states to start implementing this. But it doesn't look very good. Especially considering the states that still have yeah. the death penalty. So we'll see. I mean, hope, hopefully these two men are able to fight. Um, because like they're saying, I mean, th- there wasn't even a choice when they were convicted and when mm-hmm. they were made to choose. So mm-hmm. that shouldn't be an option. But who knows? I mean, it's it's all very hard. And to me, this is just a very clear sign that we just shouldn't have the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting really like complicated and murky and I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I mean, it, it after we did our death penalty episode, like it, it didn't feel right. But like seeing mm-hmm. how complicated this is getting and the issues that keep arising. And I just feel like we keep coming back to this. Like there is no easy way. There is no just 
fluid mm-hmm. process. And we're always going to be at this. We're going to, this isn't the only time we're going to see something like this come up. Yeah. It's going to keep happening as long as the death penalty exists. And it's crazy that like um, Scalia even said, like, we don't have a perfect system. Like stuff like this is going to happen. And everyone's just supposed to be okay with that. Like, meh, it'll work most of the time. But sometimes there might, we might get it wrong, but that's okay. That's just how it is. Yeah. Scalia was perfectly fine with that. That's crazy to me. He said it was just part of the process. Okay. Thanks, Scalia. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) So I hope you guys enjoy this. Like I said, we'll keep an eye on this because I am curious to just Mm -hmm. see how this progresses. But I just I saw that headline and I I couldn't not. Yeah. Bring bring it up because it's just it's so crazy. I I just I saw that and I'm like, wait a minute. This can't (laughs) be real. And here we are. It's completely real. And there is a, you know, a very real chance that this might you know move on to other states so Mm -hmm. let's just hope it doesn't (laughs) yeah follow us on social media so you can keep up with our updates for different episodes and pictures from the episodes as well if you haven't yet please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review we love seeing them we love having them um but also it is very helpful for us so please take a second and do us a favor to do that if you haven't already And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.